Hello and welcome to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you live a happier, healthier, and stronger life. Building a life that you love starts with you owning your health and intentionally creating the best version of yourself. So if you're looking to better understand how proper nutrition, daily movement, mindset work, and strength training can help you create a life full of happiness and health, then you are in the right place. I genuinely hope the tips, tricks, and information we share will be your catalyst for change. I'm your host, Lauren Heiser. It's time to dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. Today, I have a solo cast, and I am talking about New Year's resolutions. But in reality, it's just deciding to create change in your life, which can be done honestly at any time of year. But something that is important to note is our brain, our biology, has something called temporal landmarks. And what that has to do with is we really thrive off starting, hey, it's Monday, let's start this. It's the beginning of the month. It's a new year. So although a lot of people will say, new year doesn't really matter. Who cares? You can start whenever. Start on Wednesday. Start on Saturday. Our body doesn't work like that. So just know, give yourself some grace in the fact that new year, new you, it's you know beginning of, of the year, it's January, and you want to start something new. And if you put it off and you feel like, man, just doesn't feel right. I feel like I can't get gumption. I can't get going. That's completely normal. And that's something that is inherent in our biology and something that we are basically born with to understand and to kind of run off of. So I'm going to do a different spin though on how to set these kind of New Year's resolutions or to set goals in general. And that is when you first start a goal, when you first start chasing something, you want to make sure that you use those beginning weeks as a jump off point. You're trying to learn what works. So let's give an example here. Maybe you're saying this year, I want to eat better, improve my eating. So we have kind of an overarching goal. And then specifically, we have habits that we will do. So the overarching goal is I want to improve my eating patterns. That is something you can become. You can become someone who has healthy eating patterns, which doesn't really have a metric or a number on it. But specifically using SMART goals, you need to say, okay, these first two weeks, I'm going to try and do X, Y, Z, which aligns with your bigger purpose, which I'll get into later in this podcast as well. And so what we do those first two weeks is realize, hmm, where are my failure points? And what do I learn from that? We start to realize how important it is to actually fail. Failure is knowledge. When something doesn't work, then you can find six other ways it might work because that one way didn't. And as you realize that that one way didn't work, you can move on to trying it in a different way, in a different way, and again and again and again until you figure out what's going to work best for you. So do not see failure as a hiccup, failure as something that makes you inherently bad, failure is something that you internalize. Instead, failure is something you should look at neutrally. It's a circumstance. A plus B equaled C. I wanted it to equal D. So how do I go back to my equation? Let's try A plus F. Maybe that will equal D. Just using a metaphor here. And if you look at it neutrally and just gather evidence, you're able to see that failure is normal. Some of the most successful people fail again and again and again. And honestly, I would say that's what makes them successful because they're weeding out things that don't fit them, don't work for them. And that means they're narrowing in on things that are specifically successful to them and their life. 
which is something that is not often talked about. Far too often, we are told the best of the best get up at 5 a.m. and they have this morning routine and they do this, this, and this. And so we try it and it's hard and we fail in the sense of it makes us more tired. We don't get as much done at work. We you know, have a hard time falling asleep and we get insomnia because we're trying to go to bed earlier because we're getting up at 5 a.m. All of those things don't align with you, your why, your big goals, and your life. Because what happens is when we assign these arbitrary habits to us, it doesn't take us into account. So the first step for you is A, you need to make sure that you understand what is my big overarching purpose? What is the, the big thing that I want to do this year. I recently um, decided to write out a vision board uh, for kind of what I want my year to look like. I actually uh, you know, got the idea from my girlfriend, but it, it's a big vision board and I put these different areas of my life and pictures and kind of words and thoughts of things that I want to do. I've always told my clients to make like a goals board or to write out what you want to do and, you know, put it on your fridge. I've had some on like Google Drive, but the issue with that is I didn't make it with my hands and I didn't, I don't actually see it on a day-to-day basis. And what I've already found in just, you know, four or five days is this vision board is like sitting in the back of my mind. And when I'm presented with a choice each day, I'm leaning towards these things that I kind of promised or swore to myself that I want to do. So some of those are to be 1% better every day. And then I have like a list of things that can help that. So lift something heavy every day, get at least 7,000 steps in a day, hit my aura ring goals each day. And it's helpful, and I'll get to this later, but there's, there's options because life is really in seasons. And what you need to start doing is finding out what seasons of life are going to come throughout the year and then plan around them. It's true that it's impossible to tackle every area of your life at all times. Let's look at this example. If I want to save $10,000 for the year, but I also want to get super healthy and jacked and go to the gym and train, those are competing goals going to cost me money to go to a gym. It's going to cost me money to buy supplements maybe and protein powders and maybe new workout attire. All of those things cost me money while I'm trying to save money on this side of things. So in actuality, I really need to prioritize what's the most important to me. And that may happen in seasons. So maybe I kick off going to a gym, buying supplements and gear and getting excited and do that for the first quarter kind of think of it as just as the seasons come, spring, summer, fall, winter, and or in business terms, quarter one, two, three, and four. So in Q1, I'm really going to focus on my health. In Q2, I'm going to go into finances, which means maybe I've you know lost my first 10 pounds. I can cut back on supplements a little bit, focus more on just clean eating and things like that. And I can put more of my energy into finances. And as I start to learn and practice the habits I need for finances, those can carry me into quarter three and four. So it's like quarter two, I'm learning how do I save? Where can I cut out things? Where can I budget better? And then in three and four, I just continue those habits. In Q1, I learned a lot of health things, which I can continue throughout. So of the four seasons, prioritize which one is the most important to you. That's where you want to put the majority of your resources and of your energy and learning. So the first few months of the year, if health is your big overarching bucket that you want to work on, 
then we need to start with that. And so that's where, that's where you'll start. And then maybe secondarily finances are really big and then maybe relationships are in there. And then maybe you round off the year with another focus on health, but in a different way. When you look at it at seasons, you're no longer a failure by not working on everything at once, but instead you can see that balance in life is really a harmonizing of priorities. It's understanding that just like Tetris, priorities can shift. And if January, February, March, my my main priority was health and nutrition and maybe mental health, those may shift down to priority three, four, or five come... March, April, May. And that's okay. It doesn't mean they're ignored. It just means I am allocating less of me to those priorities. Because here's how you need to think about it. You can equate life, I equate almost everything to exercise metaphors, to strength training. You cannot go to work and max out your brain to its fullest capacity every single day, just like you will not go to the gym and max out on weights or if you're training for marathons, you don't run a marathon every single day because you, you don't expect your body to do that. You don't expect your body to perform that way. Similarly, you cannot expect your mind and your brain and your soul and your emotions to perform that way. So when you have ups and downs of productivity, it's just like the ups and downs we have in the gym, except in the gym, we're okay with it because it was planned, because it's part of the program. Newsflash, life is like a program and it's going to have its ups and downs. Your brain is going to fluctuate. Your mood is going to fluctuate. Your emotions are going to fluctuate. I can't say all of us because I even sometimes equate, you know, my worth to how I'm performing in the gym, unfortunately, but I shouldn't. There is no worth or value to how I'm having ups and downs in the gym where I'm able to lift a lot one day, but maybe not the next. I understand inherently that my body is growing and changing and adapting. You need to have that same understanding in life, that your emotions are fluctuating and there's different stressors being placed on you to to influence the way that your brain is able to function. So when we have days that we're just a little bit down or a little bit tired or we're not able to get done the exact things that we want to get done, we need to understand that it's all a part of the bigger plan and that is completely okay. Because we only have one pool of resources to pull from, and that pool is you. It's made up of your time, your energy, and your ability to self-regulate. Time, energy, ability to self-regulate. Those three things allow you to focus on different areas of your life. So although it is good to set goals in multiple areas, it's important to not have all of those areas be your number one priority for all seasons of the year. We have to separate that out. In programming and in strength training, it's the idea of periodization, where there are some seasons, quarters, times of the year that I'm focusing on strength. Sometimes it's power. Sometimes it's cardiovascular endurance. Sometimes it's just recovery. Life should be the exact same way. So how do we do that? It's important to be specifically lazy to get done what you need most. This is really the idea of essentialism. I have a limited pool of resources, my time, my energy, my self-regulation to pull from on a daily basis. And therefore, I cannot drain all of those all the time with all the things I need to get done during the day. You need to know what you need most. You could call it giving up on something 
But in actuality, you're replacing it with something that holds higher priority, which will get you closer to your overarching goal by the end of the year. If you can see it in that long-term time frame, it's not failing by giving up on something. Instead, it's allowing that more important thing to be given the resources it needs to get done. So a lot of times we talk about having that domino effect. What is that one thing you need to do that's going to help or make all the other things less important or easier to get done? For me, it's movement. So right now in this season, in January of 2022, my number one priority is making sure that I move every single day. That's my overarching. Now, that consists of different things that allocate to my movement time. And it's, it's really these, these tiny behaviors that I can almost choose from when I'm going to decide how I'm going to move. And what that allows me to do is have freedom. Freedom from feeling like a failure. That's the issue with always having SMART goals. Instead of just having overarching purpose that I'm trying to attain, I want to be a healthier person by moving more. Overarching. SMART goals would be 10 minutes of joint work, 30 minutes of strength training, one hour of walking. Now, if I don't do one of those SMART goals, it's very easy for me to feel like a failure, to feel like I've, I've, I've lost the day. I didn't complete what I needed to complete. But in actuality, to flip my mindset and think about it in the sense of, if I'm able to just do one of those things, even though ideally I would like to do three, I am pushing the needle to be 1% better towards my bigger overarching goal. Now I say that casually, but that is a skill to develop. So if you're not in that place and you don't feel like it's easy to just reframe and you're constantly feeling like you're playing catch up or just feeling like a failure, just know that that isn't wrong. It doesn't make you less disciplined or motivated or strong enough to see it that way. It's actually something that we have to train in our minds to see things in a different light. And there's kind of a a series of of mental skills that it's important for us to develop in order to do this, to achieve goals, to push forward, to keep proceeding towards achieving whatever we have set out to achieve. And some of those goals include self-compassion, awareness, and mindfulness. Think about those. Self-compassion, awareness, and mindfulness. Each day, when you're presented with a thought you need to have awareness of that thought. Once you have awareness of that thought, you need to be mindful, which means I am placing myself almost into that thought, my present self, and I am deliberating and meditating and thinking on it. Once I do that, I can then give myself self-compassion towards whatever situation or thing I'm experiencing. So with my given example, let's say my day got away from me and all I did for my day was 10 minutes of joint work, which is very minimal it's just moving my joints in a way, you know, moving my shoulders, moving my neck. It's not hard. It's not working out. It's not sweating. It's not calorie burn. And that's all I got done. I can look at that and say, awareness, didn't do what I needed to do. Mindfulness, how do I feel about that? What thoughts are coming to mind? Okay, coming to mind is I failed. I messed up. What's the point? I'm not reaching my goals. Self-compassion would say, well, Lauren, as we just talked about, you have a limited pool of resources to pull from on a daily basis of what your body is able to give you, what energy you're able to have, what decisions you're able to make. You did the best with the time you had 
and with the resources you had. At least you did something. But let's wash that. Let's say you did nothing in a day. Is that even as bad? We have to have this ability to zoom in and zoom out. So zoomed in seems very bad. Today I did not do what I needed to do. Crap, what's the point? Zoom out on 365 days in the year and even two years from now, am I going to remember that on January 13th, 2022, I did nothing for movement? No. What I will remember is when the end of 2022 comes and I've reached my goals that I got back up the next day and did what I needed to do. Or in that moment when I realized that, I stopped and did 10 air squats because 10 air squats is better than no squats, is better than no movement, is better than just having uh, you know, self-defeating feelings and just feeling sorry for myself. So that too is a skill to be mindful enough to zoom in, to zoom out, to keep a larger perspective and really talk yourself down when you feel like I'm a failure. What have I done? Some people would call this discipline and discipline gets thrown around a lot and people are like, oh, you just have it. Let me just tell you, someone who just says you just have discipline doesn't know what they're talking about. They haven't really thought about behavior change and they haven't thought about basically how behaviors are formed and the, the kind of science and psychology behind it. All discipline is, is an increase of a, a, a series essentially of mental skills that someone has results in the habit of said discipline. So the first thing that we have to do, do or understand for discipline is that you need to have the ability to see thoughts that pop up in certain situations. So let's use the example of eating healthy, changing, changing my eating habits. So time comes, it's lunchtime, it's time to eat, and I have thoughts of I'm feeling kind of tired and lazy. I didn't really meal prep. I have like some meat made, but I don't have veggies ready or carbs ready. So I should probably just go order something or get something on DoorDash. Being aware of the mental conversation that you're having inside your head is step one, which is a skill that one has to develop. One of many skills to be disciplined. Number two, I'm having a heightened awareness of my thoughts and the ability to manage those and determine what thoughts are helpful and which are not helpful. This is outcome-based thinking. Okay, so these are my thoughts. These are the actions I want to take. If I take this action and I go order food, outcome. Outcome could be I choose something not so good. I eat more calories than I need to. It sets me off into a spiral of being a little bit lazy and ordering again and again and again, and also zoom out, big picture for 2022. I am not becoming a healthier, happier, stronger person by doing this weaker, lazy, easy, unhealthy thing of ordering fries and whatever. And you just start deliberating. So I'm looking at the different outcomes that can happen from the choices that I make. If I do choose to be disciplined, you don't just wake up one day and become disciplined. It's this process right here. I'm training myself to become disciplined. And I say, instead, I'm going to eat the protein I have. I'm going to make do with some instant rice and I'm going to grab an apple. So I don't get the veggies. It's not perfect, but I'm able to see the long term of what I want and be okay with that. We're not even all the way through though. Someone who's disciplined has systems and routines that make 
food prep and meals and choosing of meals easy, which means, like I just said, I, I glossed over that. Some meat was already in the fridge. Some instant rice was on hand. There was an apple in the fridge as well. Those are systems and routines that are present, which make it easier for me to make the decision I want to make. But if you have those systems and routines present, but you're not able to see your thoughts, have a heightened awareness of those thoughts to manage them, you won't take action on the things that you have sitting in front of you. There's a huge mental side to being able to make these changes. And last but not least, someone who is disciplined has years of practicing the above. So if this hits home to you and it's something that you're like, wow, I've never really thought about it that way, I would recommend rewinding and listening to this again and just looking at that process. And step one for you is going to be seeing that process in your day-to-day. How many times are you noticing that you're having certain thoughts and acting on them without determining what is the outcome that's going to come from what these thoughts are making me want to do? Because awareness allows you to zero in and get honest with yourself about what thoughts you're having and how that aligns or doesn't align with your overall bigger purpose. And that's the most important thing, just to make sure that there will be fluctuations from day to day. And that's okay. Just we're constantly trying to take actions, take these tiny habits that align with our bigger purpose. And that has to do with the thoughts that we have, the conversations we have with ourselves, and then the tiny actions and habits that we actually act on. So realize that there are a million ways to target your big purpose. There are a million ways to move more. There are a million ways to eat better. There are a million ways to prioritize your mental health. There are a million ways to prioritize sleep. The list goes on and on. And that only matters if they align with your bigger purpose. It's like a, it's like a North Star and it just guides you. And when in doubt, you can ask yourself, does this align with my big purpose? Now, the issue is you have to know what that is. You have to sit down and take some time to say, what do I really want to accomplish? And to make it broad enough that many things can fit within it so that you can tackle it day by day. And you don't have to do the same thing every day. You know, there are a lot of people that talk about you need routine and consistency, but in actuality, it's just making sure that you are being self-aware you're being mindful and you're regulating your kind of emotions, feelings, and thoughts to work for you so that you're able to take the actions that you want to take. So another really cool example I like is um, quite a few times I'm, you know, maybe relaxing at the end of the night and I'm like, ooh, I really wanted to clean today and I didn't. And, you know, there's some dirt on the floor and I'm like, oh, I should have cleaned my house. And then you spiral into man, I'm so messy. I'll always be messy. My house isn't in order. I don't have any you know, routine to my day. And it's just this like negative downward spiral of half truths that are left unchecked or not regulated. Where instead, if I zoomed out and said, why do I care about that right now? That's a huge question to ask yourself. Why do I want to do that? Why is that important to me? You need to ask yourself that question. It's important to me because I want cleaning to be like a regular cadence in my life. I want, I want to be someone who has a tidy house. Okay, great. In six months, is it going to matter that you clean today or could you do it tomorrow or the next day? And that's totally fine. Maybe, just maybe, 
saving this energy tonight and not cleaning when you kind of feel down and out and tired and you're already beat up about it gives you the energy you need tomorrow to get up when your alarm goes off to make the first choice in your day that sets you off into the domino effect to get all the other things you needed done the rest of the day in alignment with your bigger purpose. We have to give ourselves self-compassion and we have to see that a lot of times we are doing the best we can and that is totally okay and things are going to align and the energy we allocate or save today could just be the perfect energy we need tomorrow. At the end of all of it, in the grand scheme, it doesn't matter what you do to, today specifically. What matters is that you do get it done, that you don't push it off endlessly, that you check yourself, you're honest with yourself in asking, are my tiny habits that I'm doing each day aligning with my bigger purpose to get me to the goals I need to get to? And do I understand that this life has seasons and this life has phases that I'm going to go through and I understand that I'm going to ebb and flow and that's totally okay? Not an excuse to be lazy, not an excuse to give up on things, but it is an excuse to push off the extra, prioritize what is most important to you, and tack that with tenacity and ferocity every single day. Not giving up, taking what you get, even if it's five minutes, but you wanted an hour, it's knowing that I'm taking action, and that means you are becoming. And every time you take action, you're teaching yourself, you're teaching your subconscious that I am that person, I am becoming that person, and I will continue to be that person. So get out there, set your intentions, set your big goals, have options of ways that you can achieve that, and just pick different options each day and tackle it without any leniency. Show no weakness in terms of not having self-compassion, or giving up and choosing not to because it's not just perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to get done. That's all we have for you today. If you have questions, want to chat, or are interested in seeing what we're up to between episodes, head over to Instagram and follow at lauren.rxtn and at oakstrength. Together, we are two companies committed to elevating your health and fitness. If you like this episode, please share it with someone who wants to live happy, healthy, and strong. If you really liked it, Subscribe and review our Happy Healthy Strong podcast on iTunes. Be sure to tune back in next week and remember to keep owning your health.